You're listening to azradio.live's production of our Multispart Mojo podcast featuring Steve Harper and Captain Kirk Taylor. You can hear the Multispart Mojo podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And now with any, oh, any further ado, here's Steve Harper and Kirk Taylor. Hey, hey, welcome, uh, welcome all you triathletes, swimmers, riders, and runners, newbies and tent timers, eight-hour finishers, or 16-hour survivors. We're age grouper gurus doing the homework, gathering the insights, answering your questions to make you faster, fitter, and fresher in triathlon training, and especially on race day. I'm your host, Steve Harper, with Multisport Mojo and Tri Gear Guru. That's T-R-I Gear Guru. And alongside me is my good friend, Ironman certified coach, Kirk Taylor. Kirk, how are you? Awesome, thanks. We're both age groupers, Ironman, triathlon, marathon vets, and everything else, multi-sport in between, here to get you from start to finish. Hey, remember to like us on Facebook at Multisport Mojo, all one word, where you can weigh in and ask questions, and we'll answer them in an upcoming podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at hashtag Multisport Mojo, or go to TriGearGuru, that's T-R-I-GearGuru.com, for more content insights and great prices on everything triathlon. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, TriHard Triathlon Coaching, specializing in getting you across the finish line in your first triathlon and beyond. Contact TriHard on their Facebook page at TriHard Coaching. We'd also like to thank azradio.live, your home for independent music artists. Discover them here and promote the betterment of your community. Again, we're broadcasting live from the palatial studios of Big Mike's Recording Studio, headquartered in Scottsdale, Arizona. Need to record an album? Broadcast a radio show, polish up your blogs, Facebook feed, or even record a podcast. Contact Big Mike's Recording Studio at azradio.live and get all the polish of a professional recording studio at a price that fits your startup budget. Kirk, how's it going? Pretty good. How you doing? <laughs> good. It's not raining this week. So did you get a did you what did you get in today? It would have been an amazing day for a bike ride Oof, here. It would have been. I don't Sadly. even think it's seventy. Once again, we did not ride the bikes over uh, here. I know. I got a run in. Did I you? Uh, I got a six miler in this morning. Oh. Yeah. And I dressed nice. for Antarctic uh blasts and it was uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, I went and ran with the dog today as well. Yeah. And, Jackpot. Uh, yeah, so we, we were out in the desert. I, I did a, uh, a guided run. I did one of the Nike plus. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say jackpot. The Nike run dog. club. So yeah. you use the Nike, Nike plus trainer, right? Uh-huh. The Nike plus app, right? Which is super cool. Yeah. And they now have guided runs. They started putting guided runs on a while ago, but uh-huh. they're all free. Right. They're all free. And now they've got them, you know, divided into category like short run, long run. So I pulled up a one hour run, a 60 minute run that was guided by the coach. I can't remember his name. That's embarrassing. Right. I can't remember. Chris something. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. Do you know who I'm talking about? Chris the coach. Yeah. Something. And Elliot Kipchoge. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty interesting. more than say, great job, Kirk. He did more than that, which we get on. He did not say my name. No. Sadly, I kept waiting. They kept referring to me as you, the runner. <laughs> I was like, okay, my name is great, Kirk. Great job. Really? I thought this was supposed to be a guided run. And you so, guys, how did, so how did you like it? It was pretty cool. Yeah. And one of the cool things. What did you like about, about it? Uh, well, so normally on these guided runs, I put my own playlist on. Right. And I attempted to put my own playlist on today. Uh-huh. And, um, I press play and right. it fires up and my playlist does not start up. 
but instead I'm hearing this African music. Yeah, because, see, no, I, I don't know if, I've done the Nike Plus runs, I don't think they were guided runs, but I've done the Nike Plus runs where they have the music and then they talk yeah. to you over the run and they tell you to speed it up and slow down. And, right. And we're going to do a tempo run today. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. 20 minutes and here we go. Right. right. Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, yeah. Only it was a whole bunch of African music in the background. Really? Did it motivate you a little more than Soundgarden? Yeah, I thought it was or? kind of fun. I, it, yeah. it made it a little more authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot Kipchoge, way hard to understand. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't even know if Chris, if that's his name, understood half of what he was saying. Really? Yeah, because he would just say, that's right. That is right. What great words of wisdom. Really? Without really having any clue what Kipchoge had just said. He was just nodding. And, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but there there were actually a few uh, good... good uh, the, whole, the, whole, <laughs> the whole run was like a, uh, an extended motivational poster. There uh-huh. were a whole lot of quotes that you could just, you know, right. slap up on a poster. Right. Or, I, or maybe he's just sitting there in the studio reading motivational posters. I, I don't know, but... Did it work? No, it was cool. It was it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you they talked about Kipchoke. well, this dude, the coach, was in Italy right. for breaking two. He was on was the, he the coach with Kipchoge out there? Uh yeah. He, well, he was on the sidelines. So, really? you know, he was there every time they came yeah, around yeah, for yeah. another lap. Yeah. Yeah. He was on pace. Well, I know you saw it, but yeah. Oh, yeah. he was on pace like through mile twenty. Yeah, it was just the very end where he kind of tailed off. And if you haven't seen breaking, if you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen breaking two, you need to watch it. I, I, the coolest thing for me visually is the car that sits out in front of the three runners mm. and displays the line, that virtual line of the sub, the sub two line, right? And as one, you know, the first guy drops off, and then the second guy drops off as they're making those loops, and then they get on the third loop, and Kipchoge's dude is on it, yeah, and he and he doesn't look gassed; he looks good. Right, but it isn't until his last couple of miles where little by little he just starts to fade and fade and fade. And still, even then. I was hoping that they would go into the details. He missed it by 25 seconds. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and I thought, well, I would love to hear how that went down. Yeah, how how did that all curtain. go down? Right. You know, as they see it just slip Ugh. away by seconds Ugh. at the end. It felt like right. it, it, it might as well have been an hour yeah, you know, with all of the effort that went into designing a new shoe, does that new uh, the the clothes, the, going to the track, the time of year, the temperature, the vehicle guide, the uh, the pacers, uh, when the pacers would come off. The poor pacers, he was running the pacers ragged. Pacers were falling off. Boom, boom. Pacers were falling off. Twenty five seconds, but he yeah. came back. He broke. Uh, he broke the uh, the uh, the world record in Berlin, I think, in his next race. Yeah. Dude, dude is uh, is pretty inspiring. Fourth, well, yeah, yeah, right. Well, so good. So you had a good run. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. definitely recommend it. The cool. Nike guided runs. Yeah, yeah, super cool. With uh, well, I mean, right now our guided when we have a guided run, it's a couple of buddies and your dog Jackpot. Who, well, yeah, you know. So another interesting thing that uh, Kipchoge said because you know the guy was asking him, hey, do you ever find it difficult to get out of bed in the morning? He said, really? yeah, sometimes the bed is really warm. <laughs> uh, but he said one of the things that, that gets him going on the runs is being able to get out there and joke around with his running buddies. Yeah. For him, that's what it's, you know, uh, that's a huge part of his 
you know, one experience. of the things I like about Breaking Two before we jump into the other stuff, one of the things I liked about Breaking Two is that they show they show training rooms at, and his home, and there are twenty guys that go out with these guys, twenty yeah. guys that go out, and uh, you know, and they take, you know, we get done with our shoes, and I and I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't just toss them in a bin, but I, I mean, I take care. These guys wash their shoes. I mean, they're running on dusty roads, right? And these twenty guys will go off in a pace. A bus goes alongside them with their coach. A bus. And he's, he's yelling out, one of these pull-downs, you know, they pull down the window and he's yelling out, fast, fast, go yeah, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I don't know what he was telling them, but they were motoring. Yeah, it's pretty you cool. You can't understand him in African or in uh, <laughs> English. Well, the dude's the man. The dude is the man. Hey, oh, listen, yeah. today, today our topic is uh, first time, you're really your first time, the first time you're doing a triathlon and, uh, and, and how do you train? So the training around the, your first triathlon, let me ask you, Kirk, uh, your first, we heard last week in last week's podcast about your first triathlon down in Rocky Point. Right. Uh, um, we're going to talk about how, how, uh, you, how you come up with a training plan. How do you decide how to train? How much time do you need to train? All of that, uh, which for a first-time triathlon or for, for a first-time triathlete is, uh, is pretty heady. If, if you're coming out of uh, a marathon or cross country, or if you're a swimmer or a biker, uh, trying to figure out how to train for all three in uh, whatever distance triathlon race you've got coming is a is a bit of a, a heady proposition. So, what did you do? <laughs> well, you know, for the listeners, uh, it, it really kind of is all about the distance that you're going to be racing, right? And most first timers are going to start with something like an Olympic distance or less. Something small. You're not going into okay. a full Ironman right out of the gate. Most no, likely. most people don't. And most people don't do a half Ironman as their first race. Um, it's fine if you do. That's that's certainly not a problem. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, more power to you. But so for me, it was simply a matter of saying, all right, what are the distances I have to cover? I've got to do a 1,500-meter swim. So... For me, that was the initial goal in the pool. I went to the YMCA. I'd swim. I I remember doing uh, one one of the first days in the pool. I was trying to swim 800, 1,000, and it was tough. You know, I had uh, real baggy swim trunks, had no uh, swim cap, so I just had these real baggy trunks and and goggles, and uh, it was all I could do to drown myself for a thousand meters. <laughs> And, uh, and I remember finally getting to the point where I could swim a 1500, 1600, I would do that. And then I'd get off and, uh, or get out of the pool and then I'd go in and sit on the spin bike for an hour. You jump straight into a brick. Yeah. That was it, most of the time whenever I was doing a swim work, because you know, a thousand meters, even for a relatively slow swimmer, it doesn't take that long. You know, maybe you're in the pool for 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops. And for me, it just wasn't worth it to go to the Y for 20 minutes. Right. So I figure, well, all right, well, I'll get out of the pool and I got to ride the bike next. So let's practice doing that. So I'd practice, you know, I'd hop on the stationary bike for 30 minutes, an hour, right. whatever I had time for. So right. that was really kind of, so that was the swim training. And that was, you know, I'd go to the pool a couple times a week. Uh, bike training was all right, I got to ride 25 miles. So most of that was spent doing loops in the streets around my house, uh, you know, just to make sure that I could ride 25 miles. I didn't have any worries about the run. I had started running the year before and, 
um, had done a half marathon early that year, which was, you know, sort of my first yeah, big confidence race boost. back. Right. Yeah. So I knew I could do six miles, 10 sure. K. Right. Uh, you know, I, I did practice a few times, not too many doing a, a ride and then a run mm-hmm. highly, highly recommend that you absolutely must do that. Well, because it's one thing to go out and run, and, and as triathletes know, it's a totally different thing to go out and run after you've been on the bike for a while. Right. You know, your your legs are just, it takes you a while to find your legs, to find your running right. legs. Right. Anyway, so that was pretty much it. That was that was my, my training plan. I, I spent, let me think about this, I don't know, three months maybe, two, three months getting ready. Mm-hmm. I did have a... Um, in the interest of full disclosure, I did have a personal trainer at that time that I was working with, uh, and doing mostly strength training. And I, I'd see him three times a week. So that was good. That was, you know, somebody that would walk me through, uh, a lot of resistance and strength training. Right. right. So you can do that at home with weights and just with your own body weight. Right. Right. Do body weight. So, exercise. so essentially you, you looked at your first race, looked at the distances and wanted to make sure that you could complete each of those three distances. I think I did the same thing. I, I mean, my first was, uh, it, it was an organized, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, right. We talked about last week. Mine was a race that you'd organized. And so, uh, it was a smaller sprint, uh, format. And, uh, how long was the swim? 400, 400, right? Yeah, 400 yards. Well, I'd been swimming. I think I'd been swimming at lunch at work for, uh, you know, I think at that time, three, four years, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go swim for 45 minutes. So I knew I could do the swim. Uh, the bike, I had to borrow a bike uh, and, uh, and I gotta be honest, I thought, well, I've run marathons at that time. I'd run marathons for, I don't know, 10 years. And I thought, well, I'm in shape. How hard can the bike be? You know, I just got to stay on the bike. How long was the bike? 16 miles? 20, 20, uh, yeah, you're right. 16, yeah, 16, 16 miles, 16 right? Miles. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought, I thought I just got to stay, <laughs> just got to stay on the bike for 16 miles. I'll get off the bike and, uh, and I'll kill it on the run. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, you know, for me. The training that went into that, and I think I had a, I don't know, six weeks, maybe two months. I knew that this was in my yeah. in my future, right? So, so I was uh, pretty good at going to the pool, and I was pretty good at running in the mornings. I don't, I, I don't think I spent any time on the bike. I mean, I think I borrowed the bike with about a week to go, and thought I just got to get used to it. I don't. The one thing I was worried about with the bike was clipping in, yeah, because I didn't want to demolish, you know, the bike, and I didn't want to embarrass myself. So I spent more time. Uh, going about 10 feet and clipping in and and trying to figure out how not to fall down clipping out how to get your feet yeah out and of i the still yeah, yeah still it was a lot of my wife laughing while she was trying to hold me up okay let me just go 10 feet and catch me okay. so you borrowed the bike and the shoes then i assume yeah they weren't they my were, shoes right and they and it wasn't it wasn't my, wasn't my bike and so the 16 miles i thought oh i think it was three four loops was it four loops three loops i don't remember might have been four, four. loops. Four. It's four loops. Four loops. I think first I got out of the pool and I thought, ah, okay, I'm feeling kind of good. And I got on the, and I got on the ride and and uh, the first loop or two was fine. The second two loops, I was gassed. I couldn't believe uh, having not having thought, oh, I'm in shape. I'm fine. I don't need to do this. But a totally different muscle set. I'd never ridden. And so then getting off on the run, the run, the first what was a five k. Two miles. Right, two miles. Not okay, even so 5K. the first 1.75 of that <laughs> was really difficult for me. I, it was very humbling yeah. coming off thinking, oh, I'm going to kill it on the run part. And it, it to, uh, to get my running legs 
it took me like a it felt like it took half of the run. Sure. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. by that time I'm I'm gassed. Yeah. And you're pretty much done with I'm that. And I'd been running marathons for ten years and right. training to run marathons. Yeah. So I felt ah, I got the. So I I don't think I. So looked what's at the, the lesson training. here, kids? Oh, what is the lesson here? Right. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. On the on the second race, on my second race, which was uh, uh I think it was the seventy point three, was my second. I mean, I may have done. I think we may have done a you know another small one, maybe an informal one mm-hmm. in between. Mm-hmm. But I think my second real race was a seventy point three, and I off coming off of that experience, I buckled into training, and I started going online, and I started asking you and. Uh, you know, uh, what do I got to do to come in? Because now, I mean, especially when you get into a formal race and it's an Ironman branded race, 70.3 or a full, you're under the time limits, right? And so I was very aware of each of the discipline on race day, how much time I had to complete. And I knew on, on race day, I knew where the truck was behind me that was pulling people off. And so into going into training, I know I, I think... I, I don't think I overdid it, but I really was disciplined on my swims. I was really disciplined. I'd got a bike. I got shoes. I got a, I got a kit. I spent time on the bike. I'd gotten some advice from you. And then, uh, and then I kept doing marathon training. Really? How about you? Well, so let's, let's keep going with that because really your training didn't, you, you didn't really start training for a triathlon until you signed up for that half Ironman, right? The seventy point three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. To, in earnest, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I was staying fit with running, but I really didn't jump into the swimming and the biking until I signed up on the race. All right. So you you knew. All right. You got. And, and I'll tell you, and going into it, it was St. George. It was the St. George seventy point three. So we, you had run the. That was you'd your done first the, one. Yeah. Huh. Baby. So, so you'd done the full, yeah. and and I had watched you. That I was watching online that day, and and it, that we'll have to talk about that some other time. The so Saint that must have that, been the 2013 race, then. Yeah. Is that right? Because the 2013, 2012 was 2012, 2012 was the, the last epic? full. Was that the epic? Yeah, the yeah. epic, epic yes. Saint George, legendary. Oh, man, wow. We'll have to talk about. That. I mean, really. I mean, weather conditions off the charts. Right. DNF. Right off the charts. Yes. If you finished the the last full St. George, you're in rarefied air. It was it was race changing. <laughs> that was that was it. No so more I'm full Ironman right. for St. George. <laughs> right. We're done with that. We're done with that. We're going to yeah. kill people right. if we keep doing fulls. So we dial it down to a seventy point three. And when I talked to you about that, I said, oh, it's just a seventy point three." And you said, "Oh, it's not just any seventy point three. Right. This is this is a this is a man eater." Yeah. Yeah, it's a different course. Right. So let's let's talk about that just a little bit. Um, the, so I was saying, Hey, you got to be aware of the distance. Okay. You want to make sure you are training for the distance that you're hoping to, to run. Um, but you also need to be course aware, right? Right. Talk about that. Talk, talk a little bit about St. George well, and what that yeah, means, I mean, for example, well, for that course right. and, and how that may, you know, factor in other races. Right. Uh, I, right. So the swim, the swim uh, was in a reservoir. So I just did my, I just did uh, this. I did same, the same swim training uh, that I was, I was doing distance training and I was doing some speed work on the bike. The, on the bike, there are some legendary ascents and, and one legendary descent. And so I spent more time on the bike and really going to, this is my first longer triathlon. So I spent a lot of time on distance, uh, just trying to get my legs used to knowing I've got to be fit, fit, fit to get off on the run. 
And then I did a lot of hill work on the bike to, to get used to getting up out of the saddle and to climbing. And then I started doing bricks on regular, do a, you know, do a 40 mile ride and then do a three mile run off the, mm -hmm. because the run then takes you right back up into the Canyon. St. George race is up in the canyons. And so they take you from the city up into the Canyon and then back and you've got, and you, the ascents on the bike are, are intense. Serious climb. And, uh, and then you get off on the run and you jump right back up into the Canyon and it's a man eater. And so there were a lot of brickwork that you had, which was really good advice. And then, uh, just trying to pound miles and pound hill work. And typically, I mean, I think hill work is overdone because it will like marathon hill work, unless there's a lot of hills, you don't need as much hill work, uh, typically as people train for, but, but for this race, it's, it's basically, you know, it's a half marathon. So it was, I don't know, it felt like five miles almost uphill. And then you're, it felt like almost as much on the backside than coming back into the city. So a lot of hill work in the training. Uh, talk to me about that first open water swim, the, the triathlon that we did that shorter one, yeah. uh, there kind of just in the neighborhood yeah, pool right. was not an open water swim. No, no, no. Well, talk about your apprehension. Oh, what, yeah. what, well, I was riding there with experience. the rest of first time, first time triathletes in an open water swim. For me, the anxiety was, uh, being in a wetsuit for the first time, being shoulder to shoulder with uh, another, at least a couple hundred athletes that were in my queue mm -hmm. and then going to a, a, at least point to point on the race and getting, you know, swam over. I was, I wasn't terrified, but I was very aware of what I was doing. So I picked a, I picked an outside line. I knew I was going to make me a couple of minutes slower, but I didn't want to die in the water. So getting the wetsuit on, I, I know I spent time in the wetsuit in my own pool. I know I spent time on a couple of training swims in in the wetsuit, even though it was a little warmer, right, than it was going to be on race day. And then I spent time getting out of the wetsuit, get it, just get out of the pool, get out of the wetsuit as fast as I could, uh, simulating transition, which we'll talk about in the next podcast. But, but the, you know, it's hard for me. It was it was difficult on thinking about the race. It was difficult to get past the swim because for me, there yeah. were so many race day unknowns that I just hadn't experienced before. I think once I got on the bike, I'd been around other people on the bike. I hadn't done those hills. It was, uh, uh, there's a, the picture of me crossing the finish line of my first triathlon, which was St. George 70.3 is the only picture I've ever bought from a race. My try, my my tri top is unzipped down to my belly button because I didn't, I, I had no idea. And, uh, and I came across knowing that the time truck was right behind me. And that's when all your sponsors withdrew their contracts. <laughs> right. And I, I came across like I had just landed the lunar, I just landed on the moon. I, I, it was beyond adulation. I, I mean, I, you know, a little embarrassing. But I was, I was amped. Because, it was awesome. Because I had done that swim in the wetsuit in the open water, and I'd done that ride on the hills, and I'd done that ride, and all of the training uh, that had come along with it, I'd done it. Yeah. I'd if, done it. If I remember correctly, I am pretty sure that uh, we were following you and wanted to make sure that you were going to make that cutoff. Oh, I, I remember sitting there watching. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That was exciting. <laughs> it was a nail biter. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. Well, I remember going up in some of those ascents and, uh, and trying to figure out how anyone can, can, can go past me like they were. And I was, 
I was barely standing. So I hadn't trained for any of that. I'd, I'd done a lot of distance training and I had done some hill training, but I hadn't trained for anything like that. So race day, there were a, a bunch of race day firsts. I mean, that swim, I, I don't, I'm not sure you can really, other than being in a wetsuit and, and swimming in your pool, I, you can't, you know, and then swimming and then getting at least a couple open water swims in. Yeah. You know, which I did one or two, and now I do five well, or six. that's true. I guess we you know? did do one. So, you But know, that was more I going out and making sure I, I, I don't know. feel good. Yeah, I, I don't have the official statistics. I do not know what the statistics are. Yeah. But I can tell you for a fact that the one thing that prevents... So, if you're listening to this and you've thought, yeah, I always wanted to do a triathlon, I can tell you... I'm with great deal of confidence that the one thing that keeps people from doing triathlon, and I'm talking about people who run or bike or both, is the swim. Yeah. People will say, I can't swim. I can't I don't I swim. can't swim. And I can't right. swim in open water. Yeah, that's even yeah. worse. In a wetsuit. It's I'll, even I'm yeah, gonna suffer terrifying. Well, so can you can you help what would, what do you say to the first timer then? What do you say to somebody who, well, you know, who is contemplating yeah. doing a triathlon, right. who is just scared to death about swimming, swimming with, you know, 2000 people right. or being out there in a right. lake and it's cold and a wetsuit and, right. and yucky, you yeah. know, can you see, right. what does the water taste like? Or if you're in the ocean, right. you know, I mean, you there's so many firsts, water. yeah, so many firsts in an open water race day swim. So for me, Having not had that experience as a first timer, it was getting in a wetsuit and going out to the lake and and seeing what it was like. And it's cold. I mean, it, you know, going into a spring race, so I, you're getting in the water, uh, you know, in February. So you, you, know? you found a lake. Yeah, we had a lake. Yeah. We, uh, and threw the wetsuit on and, and got, you know, and then you're like, oh, you know, because it's cold and you're not used to the water going down the back of your wetsuit. You're yeah. not used to your fingers going <laughs> numb. And then you pick a spot and you go swim and you try and simulate just feeling comfortable. So then on, I wanted to know that on race day, when I got in the water with the other elements that I wouldn't be able to experience until race day, knowing that if I could pick a buoy, I could swim to it. I wasn't real good at sighting. I didn't really even understand why sighting. I could just look up every once in a while. Well, now having done a lot more races, you know, I, to stay at a good swim pace, I practice and I'm better at, swim, at sighting and, and picking out goggles that help me to sight. But I wanted to be comfortable along with doing the swim training in the pool, being in open water, picking a spot, being in my wetsuit and feeling like I could swim because you, it does feel tighter. It doesn't feel natural. Uh, you are more buoyant. A tri-suit is designed to keep you in a proper swimming position. That felt really different. It all yeah. felt different. Yeah. And so I think we went out to the lake two times. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just got in the water and then we'd swim. I mean, we wouldn't really, we'd swim for five minutes and I'd think, holy smokes, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I remember we're, we're going to, we're, we're getting close to the end of the uh, show here. So we're going to have to wrap up, but just a couple of things. Number one, I remember those swims in the open water. I, I think I was there for at least one of them, if not both of them. And we had a buddy who had never been in open water, hadn't been in his wetsuit before either. And we get in and it's cold and he's extremely apprehensive and essentially starts to hyperventilate. Yeah, which is normal, I've found yeah. out now. So we just, you, the idea is just go in, try to settle your breathing. Just take it nice and easy. Just focus on relaxing. 
just enter the water nice and easy. Go into the water. Let yourself float. Kind of sit down, squat down, just to feel the water around you. Yeah. To just start to and get your breathing under control. You want to take it as easy as possible so that you're not uh, hyperventilating and that you you feel that you are comfortable. Because there, on race day, there are so many other factors going around. You're so nervous as it is anyway, just to do a race that the ability to bring yourself to a place where you can just be calm and look around, enjoy the day, enjoy the moment, take it all in and kind of savor it. That will go a long way to helping you feel much more comfortable and having a good experience. That's a good, that's good advice. That's good advice. And I also want to say the other, the other thing I wanted to say is that a lot of what Steve has been talking about here, the, the getting the wetsuit on, taking the wetsuit off, you can see videos with really detailed explanations of all that that are very comprehensive and super good, not only for first timers, but for people who have been doing this. You'll, you'll perhaps pick up a little tip or trick or two uh, that will help you on the Multisport Mojo YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There are a lot of great videos. There is some great content on the Multisport Mojo YouTube. So make sure you check that out. Cool. That's first timers. Yeah. That's training. So I'll tell you what I, that, you know, what's great about these podcasts are, are the nuances within multi-sport and the detail that we can go into. We're going to talk about transitions on, uh, on the next podcast. Uh, so uh, tune in for that. I, I think the other thing that first-time triathletes are trying to get used to is, uh, is, is all about transition and going fast. So, so stay, tuned, uh, stay tuned on all of that. Okay, Kirk, uh, that's all we've got time for today. Kirk and I want to thank you for joining us. Remember to like us on Facebook at Multisport Mojo. That's all one word, uh, where you can weigh in and ask questions, and we'll answer them in an upcoming podcast. Follow us on Twitter at hashtag Multisport Mojo, and go to Tri Gear Guru. That's T-R-I Gear Guru for more content and insights and great prices on everything triathlon. And we want to thank our sponsors, Try Hard Triathlon Coaching. Contact Try Hard on their Facebook page at Try Hard Coaching, T-R-I. We want to thank azradio.live, your home for independent music artists. Discover them here and promote the betterment of your community. And a big thank you to Big Mike's recording studio. I, at first, I thought there was Big Mike was going to roam around here, and then I got the cleverness of the name. If you didn't get it, you'll get it now. Big Mike's recording studio. Contact Big Mike's recording studio at azradio.live and get all the polish of a professional recording studio at a price that fits your startup budget. This is Multisport Mojo and our podcast triathlon age group gurus doing all the homework gathering all the insights answering all your questions to make us all faster fitter and fresher in triathlon training and on race day we'll help get you from start to finish our topic next time how to get you through transitions quickly and anxiety free thank you and we'll talk to you later thanks buddy yeehaw